0: In today's episode of Trouble with the Snap, we will be covering the ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12, giving our picks and previews for the conferences, picking our champions, championship games, and running through all the teams. And after that, we will jump into our new segment called Life Advice. And here we go. Roll the video.
1: Nick Saban, and in 2003, the Tigers captured the BCS...
0: Now, he breaks it down and rolls out, rising, step up and gets absolutely demolished.
1: Ah! Art, I don't want to alarm you. they has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State's Stalin and takes in and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable! Hey,
0: everybody. My name is Colton Deutsch. Welcome back to Trouble with the Snap. I am joined, as always, by my colleague, Texas A&M scholar Will Shemansky. What's
1: going so on, everybody?
0: In the intro, uh, we're going to be previewing a few of the conferences, ACC Big 12, Pac-12, and hopping into our new life advice segment. But uh, before we do that, Will, I know class has started. How's it been going?
1: It's been good, man, so far. Just chilling. Um you know, I only have one class in person, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, two classes on Tuesday, Thursday, and everything else is online. So other than that, I'm just chilling. Uh, yeah, how you doing, man? How are your classes?
0: It's been pretty good. I mean, I had a great schedule, as we talked about, and then I mm-hmm. kind of moved around. So now as a junior, I have an 8 a.m. class, which isn't <laughs> ideal, but it'll be okay. It's just, it's weird to be back and have homework assignments and readings and
1: For sure. I don't know how it
0: is at A&M, but... When we're walking to class at mm-hmm. UT, like, there are just so many people. It feels yeah. so big. It's crazy.
1: That's the thing, because UT, you know, like, it's obviously in Austin, and the campus is probably a lot more condensed than AM here. So we are a very car-heavy campus slash community. And so when I arrived uh, on Sunday before Monday morning classes – traffic was absolutely horrendous it felt like a game day if that makes sense it was you know backed up everywhere you went and you know you try to go you know go to the go go to the grocery store whatnot and all these things are sold out so uh school is definitely back in session here in college station and i'm sure it feels just like that as well in austin
0: yeah i I guess we're actually kind of blessed that we can just walk most of the time because yeah Yeah. it's definitely more of a
1: problem but
0: yeah i don't know it's just like it's one of those things where, like, I have Canvas open at all times now,
1: which is for really sure. Sad. I know. Yeah. We but from yeah. from the time we recorded our last episode to where we are now, it's like a complete one hundred and eighty. You know, we were chilling, enjoying the last few days of summer, and oh, God, now sure. here we are.
0: And I was in Austin in the summer, and it's it's so different. It's yeah. not a fact, and like you get back, and I feel like I've done a, I feel like I've kind of done a good job of making UT feel like not as big, and then when you actually yeah. like first couple of weeks when people actually still go to classes mm-hmm. it's just completely packed but good thing is that that means football season is, is, is right around the corner as well so.
1: of course you just got to wait like what four more days now yeah this, this saturday we're good to go
0: i know and uh, is there is college
1: game day happening this weekend uh no it's happening next weekend because it's uh north carolina south carolina for week one Okay, so I was gonna say because I don't
0: remember they're doing anything for week zero. But...
1: No, nah, week zero. I mean, it's great because you know college football is back, of course, but so, majority of the matchups just many
0: really good matchups. Yeah, game you know, in Ireland, which I would hate if my team ever played in Ireland. That'd be terrible.
1: It'd be great. I mean, I think it'd be a lot of fun to go and go see. You know, go see yeah, the beautiful yeah. country of Ireland. Go maybe get a Guinness, whatnot, a pub. But God, that that would suck. I mean, I,
0: I just think quiet. like.
1: The whole jet lag and just getting there and all that, I mean, that's got to be brutal for teams like that. Like, remember with last year with Northwestern and Nebraska, you know, I'm, I still like to think that jet lag was the reason why Scott Frost called that onside kick.
0: Yeah, that was a definitely <laughs> questionable call there. but
1: yes.
0: during his tenure there, I guess not entirely out of, out of his common habits.
1: Of course. All right, you ready, uh, you ready to jump into the first segment?
0: Yeah, so the first conference we're going to be going through is the ACC, and uh, one thing to note is that the ACC has gone away from divisions, which I think is a bit sad. It used to be the Atlantic and the Coastal, and mm-hmm. the Coastal was always pretty fun. You had UVA won it that one year. That always be Virginia Tech. It was, it was uh, you know Pitt a couple years back, mm-hmm. Carolina. So, so it's always kind of a lot of parity in that uh, in that division. But here we are. It's now just the top two teams go to the conference championship in Charlotte and uh, yeah, I'm taking Florida state over Clemson. I think that I just think it's kind of Florida state's time. I think it's taken them a while to recover from, Mm -hmm. I guess the very end of the Jimbo Fisher era. Then you had Willie Taggart, which obviously didn't go too well, but Mike Norvell's kind of been, uh, you know, building it up and they were a 10 win team last year and they returned Jordan Travis, who's pretty exciting quarterback and one of the better returning quarterbacks in the country. They should have a really good running game with uh, Trey Benson. Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson come back, your receiver. or Coleman transfers in. And uh, Jared Verse is one of the better defensive ends in the country. So the key thing here is that uh, I think FSU and Clemson are going to play twice. The mm-hmm. first game is at F Valley where I think Clemson is going to win. And then I think Florida State gets them in the rematch. As mm-hmm. far as Clemson, uh, they'll have a good defense like they always do. Andrew McCaba, Jeremiah Trotter uh and K Klubnick was able to take over towards the end of last season. He showed some promise. Garrett Riley comes in as the OC from TCU. Uh it's just I don't know, something about Clemson the last few years and I think it speaks to their dominance that Clemson will go a little, like 11 and 2 and we think it's a bad year. Yeah, for real. Um, it just feels like recently they haven't had the receivers that they had when they were winning the championships when they had guys like, you know, like T Higgins, Justin Ross, and all the guys that you know, uh, Deshaun Watson had as well. It's just doesn't feel like they have those kind of playmakers will showby's a stud at running back but I just kind of have questions about their about a lot of their skill positions and their offensive line. so but I think they'll get there North Carolina they bring in a, a new offensive coordinator they have a good receiving core you have um, a good Drake May yeah Drake May is a stud he's probably probably going number two in the draft at least as far as quarterbacks go behind Caleb Williams Um, and uh, they did have a transfer receiver come in, Tez Walker, but he was just ruled uh, ineligible. That's a bad beat for them. Um, so I think that they'll be a good team. They get Clemson on the road, and uh, it's interesting because Florida State and Clemson actually or I mean, sorry, Florida State and North Carolina actually don't play. So um, you know that could be kind of interesting to kind of shake up how the conference plays out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, those are kind of the three main contenders, but I think it'll be FSU over Clemson in a rematch. I just wanted to hit on Miami because, you know, they're the U. Um, Kind of a rough first year for Mario Cristobal is typical in first years. I think he's a great recruiter, a great, uh, a great recruiter, a great program builder. I think he leaves a lot to be desired X's and O's wise on game days. Um, Their quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke was really good in 2021. Kind of struggled last year, but they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator and uh they have some playmakers on defense. Uh, Cameron Kitchens is a studded safety, um, but I I think Miami might win a game or two more than last year. But I don't think that they're going to be that good, and we'll talk about it more when uh, when it gets to it. But uh, I think AM is going to destroy Miami.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I like to think so too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to touch on uh, Louisville because Jeff Braun takes over coming in from Purdue. He was kind of the guy that Purdue would want uh, that Louisville had wanted for like a long time, and he kind of you know comes home and uh, they have Jack Plummer quarterback. They should be good on offense. And they also don't play Clemson, FSU, or North Carolina.
1: Mm -hmm. So that
0: can be a fun team to watch. But, you know, year ones are always tough. Of course. So, yeah, those are kind of my initial thoughts on the ACC.
1: Yeah, I got you. All right, so I I feel like you kind of stole my pick a little bit for the conference championship. Um, However, I do still think that Clemson will reign victorious in the ACC this year. I mean, they've run that conference for – it feels like the better part of this past decade. Um, you know, Dabble Sweeney's still the head guy in Death Valley, and you know they have a, they have the number one quarterback in the country is is a, a sophomore now, as a sophomore now with um, some experience under his belt last year. And as you were saying, that defense is pretty dang salty. I think this year, um, obviously Florida State. There's a lot of hype surrounding them coming in to this upcoming season, but I just I just can't necessarily doubt. Dabo Sweeney and his Clemson Tigers at this time. Um, fair, fair. I mean, they won uh, the conference. A lot. They did. It like
0: it feels like they just weren't as good. But
1: yeah. Um, and of course, I I also I, I'm kind of I kind of want to call my shot now. I know that the season hasn't even started yet, but um, I'm feeling pretty confident in saying that Drake May will probably be hoisting that Heisman Trophy come January or December, whatever. I I know. I like it. Yeah, I wanted to to take my shot, you know, just get that out there a little bit early. Um, I I, I don't think Caleb Williams will go back to back, but we'll touch on that a little bit more in the Pac-12. But yeah, no, if Drake May can obviously, you know, take just a little bit, of another step forward. Like, I feel like the hype for him this year, it already surrounds him like crazy. I mean, you know, this entire offseason I feel like I've read about how he's, you know, easily a top five player in the country and how he's no doubt the best quarterback in the ACC. And so I'm just saying, you know, heck with it. I'm just going to call my shot and, you know, I'll, I'll see how it goes. I hope it doesn't burn me in the end, but I feel pretty good about that pick as of right now.
0: I mean, I'm all for it. I mean, he won them a lot of games last year. He's a, he did. He's a very good player.
1: Indeed, he is.
0: Um, in the yeah, I guess you know. I mean, we'll kind of get more into it as we get closer, you know, to the season and start to preview games. But mm-hmm. I think North Carolina South Carolina could be really interesting early in the Huge year. Huge
1: game week one, I know. Um,
0: FSU LSU on yeah. that Saturday night could be a yeah, that game last year
1: so Yes, that game last year was definitely one of the most chaotic college football games I have watched in a long time. That was like one
0: of those games, and it's it's so typical of college football, where it's a really bad game, but it's a really good game at the same time.
1: Yes, like extremely sloppy, but at the same time, one of the most yeah. enjoyable things you will watch all season.
0: So much fun. So yeah, yeah those are some big matchups to watch. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? We do need to talk about Notre Dame.
1: No, nah, I think we can just jump into Notre Dame. I feel like everything that we've said about the ACC, at least – at this point in the year, you know, once the season gets going, we'll have obviously a lot more to talk about, but as of right now, uh, I think we're good to go. So you just, let's just jump into Notre Dame.
0: Tigers go back to back.
1: What's up? Oh yes. Tigers go back to back. Sorry. I I couldn't hear you. Um, Okay. A quick disclaimer um, as we jump into Notre Dame. um, I know I'll probably get some hate for it, but Colton and I have come to a mutual agreement and you know, pretty much the vast majority of you know the sports movies world. Rudy was offside, and one hundred percent offside. There is no question about it. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Now, so
0: uh I am not even like Notre Dame hater. He was objective.
1: I am not either. I mean, heck, I got a I got a Catholics versus Convicts t shirt in my closet with the with the Notre Dame logo on the back. I mean, yeah. I am not I am not a hater at all. It's just as a fan of Freeman. Mm-hmm. And as a fan of college football, I, I I'm not afraid to admit that Rudy was in fact offside. It's just it's sure. just reality of the situation.
0: Just wait, we have a couple other movie you know reviews coming soon.
1: Yes, uh, we do. So I think if you if you tune into our next episode, we will be covering the SEC and the Big Ten. And I think you might already have an idea of just by me saying uh, the SEC when I say that we have a few movie ideas we want to throw out there. Yeah.
0: It's, uh there, there's some good things coming. But uh yeah, as far as Notre Dame, um I mean I'm a I mean, I think Marcus Freeman's a pretty likable dude. So I'm you know, I'm hoping he's gonna win. Last year was really interesting. They started out pretty rough. I mean, they looked pretty good against Ohio State week one, at least defensively. And they mm-hmm. lost to Marshall. And they lost to a pretty bad Stanford team. And then they just destroyed Clemson and actually finished here on a pretty strong note. They finished nine and four. Uh, they bring in Sam Hardman, a quarterback from Wake Forest, who mm-hmm. that guy's been in college for like 100 years. But uh um, is
1: kind of a wait. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but wasn't um, the quarterback they just brought in? He was on QB1, wasn't he?
0: was season two. Yeah.
1: I don't know why. I just thought of that. I haven't heard that name in forever, I guess.
0: It was, it was an, I mean, that show was great. I was, the, they brought it back. He had a really interesting story, too, because he played mm-hmm. at this. He, he was, like, at a state championship school, and then he transferred to, like, follow his coach in the school had like, just started, like, playing football, and they were, like, nothing. Yeah. But yeah QB1, great show. Um, but yeah, they bring in Sam Hartman, who was a stud at Wake Forest. Like we said, he's been in college for, like, 100 years now. Um, so, I mean, that's a pretty big um, upgrade for them, at least from Tyler Buckner, um, but who's uh, at Alabama now, mm-hmm. we'll touch on in the next episode. But, I mean, Wake kind of runs this weird type of RPO like almost like a gimmicky offense, but Hartman you know makes it work. They have a new offensive coordinator, one of the better tackle uh, tackle duos in the country. They have a solid receiving core as well, but they are missing Michael Mayer, who's absolute stud at tight end. Um, and you know with a Marcus Freeman team, you expect them to have a very good defense. Benjamin Morrison is a stud in the secondary. Uh, and you know as much as people like to make fun of Notre Dame, they always have a pretty tough schedule. Um, they do get USC and Oklahoma State at home and Clemson is on the road so I mean I kind of feel like those are going to be the three games that kind of define their season I don't know if I can see them winning 10 11 games this year but I think if you're a Notre Dame fan if you can win you know I mean, if you win two of those here you're, you're ecstatic but I still think in year two uh with a new offensive coordinator I mean if you're able to win one of those games which all those teams should be top 10 teams you should be pretty happy with it
1: for sure um yeah no I uh I've actually been a pretty I wouldn't say huge but I I would definitely consider myself a pretty big fan of, of uh, Marcus Freeman. Um especially after that video of him being hired. Do you remember that when he kind of lo- walked in the locker room? Everyone uh-huh. walked yeah. it, it, went great. nuts. Yes, I ever since I saw that video I'm like wow, I actually really like this guy. Um And, you know, as you were saying, going into last year, you know, some pretty high expectations for Notre Dame. You know, the the Brian Kelly era is behind you. It's time for a new brand of football whatnot. And, you know, obviously things didn't go to plan starting out. I mean, you know, it was rough. you drop a game into Marshall. Um, But as you also did touch on, they did finish the year quite strong, you know, having a a pretty dang good game against a very good Clemson team, as we all know. Um, So... I don't necessarily know if I have like a truly like concrete record prediction for them for the time being um, just because I honestly don't really know what to expect and who's going to show up week one in South Bend or not. You get what I'm saying, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, I came like,
0: as week three or four, right?
1: I think so.
0: Yeah. Cause it was, it was week one last year.
1: I would have to check it, but um,
0: I won that game. But we'll talk about it more
1: later, for sure. Um, but anyways, I they're just I, I feel like at least in my opinion they're they're just kind of hard to you know project going into this year. I mean, if the team that shows up in that Clemson game last year shows up all season, like they will be a rock solid, dang good yeah. team. But if the team that showed up against Marshall last year shows up this season, which I'm not expecting that to, but hypothetically, you still have to consider that consider that a possibility, um, they will be in a lot of trouble. Yeah,
0: so, i see, I mean, their offense is really interesting because, I mean, in a previous year, I would never believe that they could keep up with Lincoln Riley and USC, and they're probably going to have to do that this year, so mm-hmm. if all I've got that offense rolling, um, you know, watch out. But, I, I mean, I don't know if I can, I think they're probably a year away.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that.
0: All right, all right, so uh, should we hop into the Big Twelve? Let's do it. All right, um, look, I'm just gonna preface this because this is our first year on the show. Um, I think that Will can attest to this. Um, I'm a pretty level-headed and unbiased Texas fan in terms of like I'm not expecting 12 and 0 every year. I feel like I normally have a pretty good pulse on the program. I thought we were gonna go eight and four last year. We went eight and four. Granted, twenty twenty-one I thought it was going to be a bit better than five and seven. But I normally have a pretty good pulse on the program, I think, and expectations. Uh, that being said, this year, I think that Texas is clearly the best team in the Big Twelve going into the year. Going into last year in the Big Twelve, it felt like any given Saturday anyone could win. And honestly, aside from TC, who won all their close games, that's kinda of how you know how it was. Going into this year, I think that it's a pretty clear tier one with with Texas. Um, so I have Texas over Texas Tech in the Big 12 championship. Um, as far as UT goes, I just think this is their best roster. Um, top to bottom, depth, talent-wise, everything since 2009. Um, we'll talk about Alabama week two. Um, but I think, I mean, you return the entire offensive line one of the better tackle duels in the country with Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones. Look, a lot of this rides on the development of Quinn Ewers um, I just think with a second year quarterback, you just have to, you know, trust Steve Sarkeesian's quarterback development and just hoping Quinn feels more comfortable. You bring in A.D. Mitchell out of Georgia uh, to play, you know, receiver opposite Xavier Worthy. I think that'll take so much pressure off of him. You have Jordan Whittington in the slot, Isaiah Nair comes back from injury, some stud, you know, underclassmen guys, John Takuti, DeAndre Moore. I think a tight end, JT Sanders, is pretty clearly a top five tight end in the country. Running back, you lose Bijan and Roshan Johnson. Uh, you bring in some pretty talented guys, and the offense is going to be more kind of pass-heavy this year. And defensively, I mean, you return All-American and linebacker Jalen Ford. The secondary should be pretty experienced and talented. Jalen Catalan comes in from Arkansas. So all in all, I think, and with Texas getting teams like Texas Tech and Kansas State at home, I just think that, you know, absent a major injury, I think that 10-2 and two is kind of the standard this year. Um, and once, like I said, I'm – You know, pretty unbiased Texas fan, but that's just looking at it. That's just what I think it is. Um, Texas Tech is who I have in the championship game. Joey McGuire had a pretty good first year finishing eight and five. They ended the year pretty well. His coaching style, man, is crazy. I mean, when they beat Texas, I think they went for it on like eight fourth downs or something. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But they returned their entire offense. Tyler Shuck, his fifth or sixth year the guy behind him actually quarterback Darren Moore is also really good. So I think if, you know, if they had a quarterback go down, they would still be okay. They have an experienced defensive line and a pretty easy first half of the schedule. So, um, you know, I'm liking tech to make it to the conference championship. Um, I like Kansas state a lot. I was between picking them or Texas tech to go to the championship game. They return a lot of talent. Will Howard's a good quarterback. Chris Kleiman's a great coach. I could definitely see them in the championship game. Um, but all the guys that they lost are a pretty big deal. You lose Deuce Vaughn, their defense, uh, their defensive end uh, also went first round, and um, Brents as well at cornerback. So, but like I said, I mean, I could totally see them in the championship game. Um, Oklahoma, once again, have the utmost respect for Oklahoma. I'm just not that high on them this year. I think that they have a pretty favorable schedule. They avoid Baylor, Texas Tech, and West Virginia, or not West Virginia. Baylor Tech and K-State, sorry, who they uh, lost to last year. Um, Dylan Gabriel comes back. They should have a pretty good defense. Um, I just – I don't know. Their receivers, I think that they all kind of profile to slot guys, and Jeff Levy runs the veer and shoot kind of based on downfield shots. And I don't know. I don't think that Oklahoma is going to be bad by any means, and they have a favorable schedule. But I see some people predict them 9-3, and 10-2. I see closer to 7-5 and five or 8-4. Um, and once again, I have total respect for Oklahoma's program. They're an unbelievable program. I just, that's just where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. TCU, I think, will take a step back. That could be a tough game for Texas late in the year, though. I might pick that as an upset. Um, Chandler Morris is going to be the guy at quarterback. They have a new offensive line. They've got some good transfers with uh, Tommy Brockamara and JoJo Earl from Alabama, two talented guys. Um, and I don't think that they're going to be bad by any means, but I think seven five, 8, and 4 is more likely than, than another you know, undefeated season, obviously. And um, Oklahoma State, I think, is an interesting team to touch on. Uh, You know, Mike Gundy had them on the brink of the playoff two years ago, and they kind of fell apart last year. They bring in a a new offensive coordinator from, I believe, a D3 school, which is pretty crazy. Um, And Alan Bowman, a quarterback, who actually, funny story about him, he was at Texas Tech, I think, four or five years ago as a quarterback. And I think Tech was winning at the half against Oklahoma in Lubbock. Bowman was balling, and then he actually got hit with a ball during halftime warmups and then was just out for the rest of the game.
1: I remember and that now. I haven't thought of that in years. Now that you say that, well not eight, years, but I haven't thought of that in forever. So I, wow. Yeah. That, now that, right. that definitely happened.
0: Yeah. And then he transferred to Michigan. I don't know mm-hmm. why. He never got to play. And now he's back at Oklahoma state. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's kind of where I'm at in the big Twelve. I think once again, it'll be a pretty, you know, I mean, every game last year in the big Twelve was a, you know, pretty tight entertaining game, but, uh, I'm taking UT over Texas tech. Um, I could easily see Kansas state, but I think it's just been proven hard in the big 12 recently to kind of get back to the championship game
1: mm-hmm. Oklahoma
0: most years. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it.
1: So I, as much as this absolutely pains me to say as an Aggie, I completely agree with what you said about Texas. Um, I think that they are truly just a cut above everyone else. Um, you know, you have Quinn Ewers now, who truly showed flashes of brilliance last year. I mean, you just look at that 49 nothing dismantling of Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. You look at that first drive or two against Alabama, where he was just balling out. Um, like, the dude, obviously, as we know, is incredibly special. And if he can put it together, I think Texas is in for a very special season in Austin. Um. As for my championship pick, of course, I'm choosing Texas. However, I do think that it will actually be Kansas State. I know that last year's defending conference champs, uh, you know, they're losing some key pieces, especially someone like a guy like Deuce Vaughn, who feels like, you know, he just did everything for that team last year. It feels like on offense. Um, but I still, you know, they're, they're the defending champs and, you you know, I I feel like that they just kind of have that kind of confidence kind of swag that the defending champs should have. And I, you know, the big 12, aside from Texas, you know, it kind of feels, it, it it just feels kind of like a level playing field, honestly, a little bit, you know, I even hate to say that, but that includes Oklahoma. Um, I'll, I'll get to them in a moment, but I feel like aside from Texas, the big 12 is definitely a lot more up for grabs for that second spot in the championship game. Um, I also, like you, would not be surprised if Texas Tech, you know, balled out and made the championship game. That that I could easily see happening. But I ultimately am still going to ride with the boys in Manhattan. Um, now to Oklahoma, I, I I really don't know how to feel about them this year. Obviously, with the brand of football that we are used to seeing from Oklahoma over the past decade or so, last year was like, you know, like what was going on?
0: Dude, it was um, shocking.
1: Life. It really was. Um, and so, Colton, I actually have a little bit of a question for you about Oklahoma. I saw this tweet uh, a couple months ago, whatnot, not just during peak offseason where you have absolutely nothing better to talk about. Um, this dude was trying to make a point a little bit. He said or he compared uh, Oklahoma after what happened this past season and how it's not looking at the future isn't looking nowhere near as bright as it once was with Lincoln Riley at the helm. Uh, he compared this Oklahoma team going forward to being a potential Nebraska. And what I mean by that is, you know, you think of the Nebraska teams from the eighties and nineties, those dudes were just, you know, constantly balling out, just, you know, just greatness and just success all the time. And you look at Nebraska now and they obviously have just, they're not even a shell of resemblance of that team of those teams from the nineties and eighties. So What do you do you think that Oklahoma has a chance to become the next Nebraska in that sense? Do you get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I totally understand you. Um, I think no. Okay. I mean, like I get what you're saying. What I think with Oklahoma is one kind of difference is I think Oklahoma has that brand to recruit nationally. I don't really know if the Nebraska has that. Um, you know, kind of like anymore, at least like not the same shine that they used to have. And another big thing that's kind of plagued programs like Nebraska and even Texas the last 14 years is uh, just kind of making poor coaching hires. A lot of that yeah. stems from not so great administration. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, with Oklahoma, like, I mean, they've just been so consistent for so long. I just kind of have faith in them. Even if Venables doesn't work out, I just think that they'll make a good coaching hire. And you got to, you know, like remember that Lincoln Riley kind of left like very unexpectedly and you know, they were kind of scrambling. So,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, I understand what you're saying. I think that Oklahoma has that ability to, and kind of that pipeline to recruit in Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's even
0: still a decent amount of talent in the state of Oklahoma. They always have a couple of good guys. And, you know, they can kind of pick into Missouri, Kansas, even California from time to time. So I get what you're saying. But for me, I'm just going to roll with what I've seen with Oklahoma for my whole life. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like you were saying, I mean, look, I, I mean, I thought they were going to take a step back from last year, or, you know, from obviously losing Lincoln Riley, but, I mean, just seeing the OU logo in 6-6 and is wild.
1: It it does feel completely off.
0: They're one of the most consistent programs out there.
1: Mm -hmm. So, that's the thing with Oklahoma. Now, obviously, you look at someone like Lincoln Riley, who, obviously, his team's just put up points, man. They just – they're constantly – punching it in the end zone for six or, you know, driving down the field and managing three out of it. But either way, I feel like his teams just put up points after points after points compared to what Brent Venables, I mean, obviously before Oklahoma, he was the defensive coordinator at Clemson. So you go from a complete offensive minded head coach in Lincoln Riley to obviously someone who was much more defensive minded, who clearly was able to lead that Clemson national title defense uh, for those few years Um, I think that the brand of football in Oklahoma now obviously is going to be completely different than what it was in years past. That was clearly on display this past season. Um, And when I brought up that point about Oklahoma and Nebraska, that tweet, I wasn't bringing that up to make it sound like I agree with that. I was just bringing that up to your attention because I was just curious to see what you had to say. Um, So I actually agree with you as well. Um, I don't, at least I, I don't, think I'm being stubborn or naive considering how successful they've been for pretty much our entire lifetimes. Um, so I don't also think that they will fall off like that. Of course, I do think that at least under Brent Venables, they will take a step back as we just saw last year compared to what we all came to expect under Lincoln Riley. But, um, I don't think that they will taper off like that anytime soon, especially now with them joining the SEC along with Texas after, after this season in 2024, I feel like that'll actually give them, you know, like a shot in the arm a little bit, kind of boost their confidence and, you know, see what will happen from there. So yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and look, I mean, like I'm not throwing in the towel on Brent Venables. I just think it takes time to rebuild a program and, and they lost a lot of guys when Lincoln left and pretty impactful guys, Caleb Williams, obviously. So um, you know, I mean, I'm just with their roster right now. I'm just I mean, I guess like maybe I wouldn't be stunned if they made the conference title game, but because look, I mean, I don't think that they're going five and seven. I just think that seven and five, eight and four is much more likely than a ten and two season, even with the favorable schedule. I think that their game against SMU Week two could be a lot of fun, a lot of points.
1: That'll be a lot but of fun, yeah. One thing
0: to touch on is um, that Texas Tech and Kansas State, that game is in Lubbock, um, which is, I think, a pretty big deal. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I guess, you know, I guess one more thing on Texas, because people kind of say oh, Texas is hyped up every year. Um, the one thing that makes me feel confident in Texas is this is the first time in a while where it doesn't feel like there's a true freshman coming in that has to save the day for UT. I feel like in this, this season, if a true freshman is playing outside of major injury, it's because they're just really, really good. I think there's a lot of depth on this team. So, cause I know that people buy into UT every year, but I really think that there's a lot of, you know, I think the previous teams that have been hyped up, have, have had a lot of glaring holes. I think that this year's team kind of doesn't really, you know, fit that mold, but you never know. I mean, that's why you play the games, but, uh, I definitely think them having Kansas State and Tech at home is pretty key.
1: So, now Colton, I do kind of have to ask a little bit since we were just talking about head coaches. Um, in regards to Steve, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, throughout his coaching career so far at the collegiate level, you know, between USC, Texas, now, et cetera, um, he is about like a 545 win percentage as a head coach. So, I think he's like 10 games over like the 500 mark as a head coach. Um, do you still feel extremely confident in Steve Sarkeesian as your head coach or um, like, okay, I guess what I'm ultimately asking is do you think that he will be the guy that gets Texas over that hump that, and that get, gets them out of that rut that it feels like they've been kind of stuck in for the past few years, whatnot?
0: Look, here's that one. So I'm glad that you actually brought this up because I wanted to, you know, talk about this um, kind of slow my mind. I think that, once again, this could sound like I'm trying to spin things because I'm a Texas fan. I just think that with any coach, you have to take context into account. And when Sark got to Washington, they were 0 and 12, and so you're obviously going to lose a lot of games. I think that, I mean, by the time he left, they were they had a couple of years of winning eight around eight nine games. Actually, kind of you know built their roster to the point that I believe the year or two after he left was when they made the playoffs with Chris Peterson. And then he, so he has a rebuilding job at Washington. Then he goes to USC first year. They go nine and four under probation, which is not bad. And then obviously year two, he's fired within four games because of all his off the field issues. So it definitely is. um, I understand when people bring up the record, but I think that there's a lot of context to it. I think another example could be a guy like Sonny Dykes, who has never really was in a position where he could win a ton of games, right? Cal or SMU. I don't think that anyone thought that he would go, what 13 and two last year so
1: yeah
0: you know i mean look like i'm not saying that sark's the best coach in the world but i think that there's a lot of context to kind of his tenure and kind of his career as a head coach um you know and like i I mean you know i mean it i guess you could have said last year sonny dykes has never won whatever how many games so he's not going to do it so no i mean but i'm glad that you brought it up um i think with Sark's career, there's just kind of a lot of context to it uh, or you know, a lot of context that needs to be given, um, especially because the whole Washington deal. I mean, they're the you know, one of the worst programs in the country. And obviously, USC didn't work out for off the field reasons. So, um, yeah, you know, with Sark, there's I like I think he's done a great job um, kind of flipping this roster. I mean, when Tom Herman left, this roster was not in a good place.
1: And obviously Sark has been able to recruit extremely well since he's been in Austin. I think
0: he's recruited. I think he's done a good job with the transfer portal uh, mm-hmm. at least two years and we haven't really lost anyone that was a big deal and we've been able to get some pretty big pickups. So, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to see him be able to put it you know, all together. Uh, there's been some lulls in offense um, kind of in you know, the second halves sort or of, you know, like, you know, kind of in certain halves of some games his first two years. Uh, you know, what I'm interested to see is, I mean, everyone knows how good of a play call he was at Bama with all, his, you know, with all his weapons. And I just think that, you know, this year he kind of has everything that, that he needs offensively. So there's really no excuses. Um, but I assume with a great tight end, experienced quarterback now, really good receiver room and your whole line coming back. I think it's a big year for him. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for for optimism. But, you know, like if things go sideways, like I'm not going to be screaming to fire the coach. But, uh, you know, I mean, this needs to be a really good year. Uh, But look, I mean, what he's done program, you know, kind of wise building the program and I think kind of getting us ready for the SEC. I think he's done a good job.
1: I mean, this is kind of a
0: no excuses year.
1: Yeah, no, I I can. I definitely agree with that, especially since you as you just mentioned, you in Oklahoma are taking that jump to the SEC next year. Um, I feel like a lot of Texans fans, Texas fans, uh, including yourself, are, are looking for, you know, as what we're all expecting, a pretty big year out of Texas um, and kind of r- potentially ride that momentum from this season into the next one as y'all jump officially to the SEC.
0: Exactly. Uh, do you want to hit on some of the new big 12 teams? Just a little. Yeah,
1: we can. Um, yeah. I'll let you go first.
0: Look, honestly, I think U of H is going to be terrible. Like I'm not going to hold back on that. They bring in Donovan Smith from Texas Tech, their quarterback, mm-hmm. um, who beat Texas last year. and uh you know, he can move around and he played his ass off that game. But, uh, you know, they lose Tang Dell. They lose Clayton Toon. I just, I really just don't, I don't see it with U of H's here. Holgo is a pretty funny dude. Um, but I don't, I don't see it. Um, UCF, I think, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Does, um, they have John Rice Plumley. Remember him? Yep. He was, uh, it was him in that corral. Yes. Plumley can move. So, look, I wouldn't, I mean, people gonna think I'm just hitting on OU. I don't think, like, I think that. <laughs> It could be fun.
1: I wow.
0: think UCF is a team that has a chance to pull a pretty big upset and maybe shake up the conference.
1: Yeah, um, that, that's that's kind of, you know, Gus Malzahn's uh, – that's kind exactly. of his go-to thing, you know. You can have, you know, There's kind a- of an up-and-down year, and yet you still pull off one of the biggest upsets in, in college football for that season. That's just actually, kind of doing.
0: Gus Malzahn, what do you do? Iron Bowl week? Because, you know, like normally if you're like a booster or a parent, you know, you can have like access to like a practice – when they got to like Iron Boy, he would shut everything down. Yeah, he'd run these new formations that they hadn't run all year. I think he beat Saban three or four times, which is pretty wild. Yeah. no one, no one really does that. But uh, yeah, you know BYU kind of looking for a bounce back year. Um, I expect them to be a seven eight win team. And uh, West, or uh, well, you know Cincinnati, uh, I think it could be tough for them. Just losing Luke Fickle and adjusting to power five ball. Um, and uh, obviously not a new member, but I think West Virginia is going to be pretty bad. Um, and I think that Neil Brown could be the first coach fired.
1: Yeah, I can I can definitely see that.
0: Also, quick note, because Texas opens up against Rice. Their quarterback is JT Daniels.
1: Yes, he is on, what is That's it, his fourth school? Fourth,
0: fourth right, yeah.
1: Yeah, he I went Okay, he went USC to Georgia, Georgia to West Virginia, and West Virginia now to Rice. That's four. And I that mean, is crazy.
0: did he start the season? In yeah. So he one? started.
1: He started as a true freshman um, at USC, um, and then I think he had like an ACL injury, something to do with his knee, where it sidelined him for the rest of the year. And um, you know, obviously, he just decided to transfer. I th- was, I, I'm not too entirely sure on this, but was that like the emergence of Jackson Dart at USC?
0: That was Keaton Slovis. Oh. Who
1: actually, actually is now? Yeah, yeah. Which is
0: pretty funny. But um yeah. I th- I could be wrong about this. i I think that Georgia's first title year, 21, I think JT Daniels started the season. before course, that's
1: I think he did too. And then Because I'm
0: playing 2020.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I um I, I think you're right about that. Because I remember um Oh god, was he I don't remember if he wasn't playing anymore. Like he got replaced by Stetson either due to injury or just poor play. I don't remember that, but I do actually vividly remember seeing him play in a Georgia uniform for a handful of games. And then of course, after that he goes to West Virginia and you know, I feel like the backyard brawl uh, to open up the season while it was a, while it was a great game. It was a lot of fun. um, I feel like that just kind of set the tone for West Virginia going forward that year. And, well, here we are now. He's at Rice.
0: Funny how after all this, he's gonna get a Rice degree.
1: That is actually kind of funny. Yeah, you know pass- what though? I I, res- I respect the hell out of the move because that man clearly respects his academics and realizes that degree will last him a lot longer than his time playing college football. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. All right. I feel like we have definitely talked about the Big Twelve for long enough. Are right, you? Uh, do you want to jump into the Pac-12 now?
0: Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's do it. Um, all right. So yeah. The- I mean, look, the Pac-12 last year was a really fun conference. I mean, there were a lot of good teams. Oregon mm-hmm. State went 10 and three. Oregon won 10 games. Washington won 11. SC uh, won 11 as well. UCLA had a had a pretty good year. Obviously, Utah won that conference. So, a lot of fun going on in the uh, in the Pac-12 last year, and you know it should continue this year. Look, I'm taking USC over Washington. Okay. Um, I think. I know USC was on the brink of the playoff, and they obviously wanted to you know, win that Pac-12 title game and get there, but the fact that they were even there year one, Caleb Williams or not, is really, really impressive. Um, I just can't imagine that, th- that their defense won't be a little bit better. They bring in Bear Alexander, Anthony Lucas comes from Texas A&M, and Mason Cough from Oklahoma State to kind of help out that uh, defense. And uh, I mean, look, they lose Jordan Addison, but they're always going to have a good skill group under Lincoln Riley. Caleb Williams who I guess is not going to win the Heisman because of, you know, Drake May. i like the pick. Um, but, you know, Heisman or not, Caleb Williams is, is an absolute stud. Um, and, uh, yeah, they get Utah and Washington at home, which is a really big deal for them. So I'm taking USC. Washington, I uh, got to see them beat Texas in person. Washington, I mean, first-year head coach, Kalen DeBoer last year, offensive-minded guy. And to go 11-2 in any year one is pretty damn impressive. They bring back Michael Penix, I believe, led the nation in passing last year, and they bring back all their receivers. Um, Oregon and Utah being at home is a really big deal, and Braylon Trace on defense is one of the better pass rushers in the country. So, I'm taking USC over the Dogs. Um, Far as some other teams, Utah obviously the defending champion. Uh, Look, I mean, Utah is just really tough. Kyle Whittingham's a great coach. They're obviously back-to-back champions. I love Cameron Rising, uh, former Longhorn legend. Never stepped on the field, but um, great, great player. This is also his like a hundredth year in college, but it feels I, like it. Yeah, he's been there for so long, dude. But,
1: okay, Cam, Cam Rising feels like the new Bo Wallace.
0: Oh yeah, dude, he has been in college forever, and he yes. has that awesome mustache and the long hair. He's mm-hmm. he's a stud, but so he actually tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl and it doesn't sound like he's going to start the year for them. It sounds like he's like, he definitely will. I'm like, I'm guessing by conference play, he'll be back, but that doesn't sound like he's going to start the year. And Utah plays, they open with Florida at home, Mm -hmm. which honestly, I feel like they should win either way. And then they play Baylor as well. So kind of a tough non-con for them, especially if they don't have their quarterback, uh, Jaquinnon Jackson, also a former Longhorn at running back, runs really hard, was a beast last year. Their defense they lose Clark Phillips, but I just expect them to be good. Morgan Scali is a great defensive coordinator. They just have a tough schedule, and I think with the question marks about rising and uh, them having USC and Washington on the road, it's going to be tough for them. Um, Oregon, second year with Dan Lanning, had a really good first year. Bo Nix, who we make fun of a lot. I think everyone does. He had 43 total touchdowns last year. He was yeah, he was phenomenal. Balling Actually, out for sure. I mean, they only had that one loss to Georgia. And then he gets injured against Washington kind of late in the game. Washington pulls that away, and they kind of blow the game to Oregon State. But, I mean, for a while, I mean, I thought Bo Nix was going to be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Yeah. Uh, so I think that he'll be really good again, what, another guy who's in his 100th year of college. Uh, they'll be able to score. I imagine with Dan Lanning, they'll have a pretty good defense, too. I just think that with the way that these schedules kind of, you know, line up, I mean, Washington and Utah, you know, on the road is going to be tough. I mean, they have you know two good backs and Trish on Holden and Troy Franklin at receiver, so I think that they'll be good. But I just think the kind of that you know Washington, Utah on the road is going to be really tough. Uh, so those are kind of the main contenders I see. Oregon State was ten and three last year. The uh, oh,
1: Bees, man, can't sleep on the Bees.
0: I mean, they have one of the best logos in college football too. By the way,
1: that thing is sick. I I will I will totally agree with that.
0: Everyone talks about Oregon, but Oregon State has some clean uniforms. Yes. Um Jonathan Smith is a really good offensive minded guy. Uh they actually had a really good defense last year though, and they would it be USC if their quarterback didn't throw like four picks. But uh they have DJ Uyungalele, pretty sure I got that right. Comes in from Clemson, <laughs> really talented guy. he's never really kind of, you know, put it together. So hoping he can get it together uh in the pack twelve and uh yeah, you know, gotta mention UCLA had a pretty good year last year, he kinda tapered off towards the end. Um Man, I'll miss Dorian Thompson Robinson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was so fun to watch.
1: He he was, dude. I
0: mean, he would randomly hurdle dudes all the time, throw yeah. stupid picks, and make amazing, you know, plays for touchdowns. So yeah, uh, he was a fun guy uh, to watch. But they have Dante Moore, uh, five-star freshman, battling for the job. So we'll see if he's able to win the job. They bring they have Carson Steele, at uh, running back, and uh, look, you know, we'll see what Chip can do. Um, I imagine they'll be able to score, but um, I don't think that they're kind of in that uprush rush of the Pac-12. And then i uh, got to mention the Colorado Buffaloes, Deion Sanders. Um, look, I think that they need to give Deion time. They have some good high-end talent, especially with Travis Hunter and his son, uh, you know, Jadro Sanders. Um, I don't think that they're going to be good this year at all. I just think that's way too much roster to overturn. I think TCU is also going to annihilate them week one. Um but who knows? I mean, with a team that has some stud guys, maybe they could, you know, pull like, a big upset. I wouldn't be too surprised. But uh, yeah, I'm on with the Trojans over Washington.
1: Okay, that's definitely a good pick. Uh, I know this feels kind of lame. I know it. I, I'm going to be that guy for this one. I am going to take uh, a rematch between Utah and USC. And I will actually have USC pulling this one out. I think USC does it this year. You know, Caleb Williams, obviously, dude balled out last year. I think he will most certainly ball out again this year. Um, I, you know, as good as Washington and Oregon and Oregon State, as good as those guys were last year, I still think USC is the best team in the conference. Um, You know, and... I, I actually really like Utah this year, especially with Cam rising, you know, who you know, like the 10th year senior, you know, he's proven he's tough as nails. I mean, we all saw that hit. That's literally in our intro video from last year's conference title game. Unreal, he took that took like Yes. And he literally just got back up and just kept going, but, um, I'm really high on cam rising. As you mentioned, I, I do think he does have that knee injury, what you're talking about. So it'll be a little bit interesting to see how they start out the season, but you know, once he's back to hundred percent, um, I truly just think he will ball out, just no question. I, um,
0: I would love to see that matchup again.
1: I would too. I that, that it was it was a lot of fun last year, um, and well, that I already
0: was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, and I already know if that rematch happened again this year, you know, mainly to me. Of course, it it just comes down between. It comes down to quarterback play, of course. I mean, you have two of the best in the country. It feels like. And Cam Rising and Caleb Williams, and so, you know, maybe Caleb Williams just had a bit of an off night, whatnot, in that championship game last year. Then, you know, just see, I, I really hoping. Too. huh? He was pretty banged up too. Yeah, he was. Um, but no, I'm, I'm hoping for a rematch. Um, however, I will, I would like to give Oregon their flowers. I do think Bo Nix, um as you were saying had he had like what over 40 total touchdowns last season as a quarterback I mean the dude can flat out play football when he decides to um I mean he can he can go he can go from obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the conference if not the entire game to going back to being called Bo Picks every five seconds on Twitter I mean it's like take your pick with that guy you know no pun intended um (laughs) but um You know, I feel like he did put it together quite a bit last season. And, you know, I'm excited to see how that'll go. Um, And, of course, the elephant in the room now has to be Colorado. So, I agree with what you said with them as well. You know, Dion making the jump from Jackson. Was it Jackson State? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I always mix it up with Jackson and Jacksonville. I have no idea why. Anyways, um, making the jump from Jackson State to Colorado. I mean, you go from you know, a small school like that to obviously a pretty big power five program. Um, there will certainly be your ups and downs doing things like that. Um, although you did bring up a good point, obviously the, the talent that he is bringing in from Jackson state to Colorado, most notably Travis Hunter and sugar Sanders, those dudes, obviously they'll do their thing. But at the end of the day, um, I, I, I don't know I I, I really want to like Dion in Colorado this year. I really do, but I just being realistic I, I'm really not sure it'll go well for them. I didn't believe really this year
0: three and nine.
1: Yeah, no I, I can definitely see that. Um, also real quick on Colorado, do you remember when like like after Dion's first month there or whatever it was, they had like 30 something guys like jump ship. I mean, I, I'm, that's not necessarily a that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, obviously, well, I, I I take that back. It's a bad thing. <laughs> um, um, but you know, I mean, you look at Colorado last year; like they didn't do hardly a damn thing, and a lot of those guys obviously left once Dion got there. So maybe that can be seen as a positive. I'm I'm not sure yet i don't know i mean dion obviously is recruiting pretty well and you know obviously the people of boulder are really really eager to see good football i mean you saw they sold out their spring game it was the only spring game on espn i mean it's not i i think they're i think i saw something that said they're sold out of season tickets as well for folsom field that's
0: beautiful
1: by the way it is it is absolutely gorgeous if any of y'all have not been yet Highly recommend it. I hope they
0: become great just for that stadium. It's so cool. yes, that's yeah. Missouri football.
1: Well, the the only thing with that stadium though is that if they actually you know start playing good winning football, they're gonna. I, I think they'll have to do some renovations to it, because yeah. I remember when aM played Colorado in twenty twenty one. It was like week two or week three something like that. Uh, it was originally scheduled to be played in Boulder, but after seeing how many tickets were were sold uh two AM fans who were making the trip out to Colorado, they had to move that game to mile high in Denver. So I yeah.
0: Kind of hate when they do college games and Pro Stadiums.
1: Yeah, no, I can definitely agree with that. Uh but pretty much to just close out that thought. I, I would love to see Dion have success in Colorado. I, I I would, but I just don't see that happening this year.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I mean I'm totally with you. I mean, look, I mean, like, I, like, I think they're going to go like three and nine. I don't think that that means I am losing faith in them. I just think, look, like, first years are tough. Yeah, I mean, they're tough for anybody. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they lost like half their roster, which isn't always bad, but, I mean, that's a lot of guys to be, you know, kind of like replacing. And I think that any sort of continuity is good with the, you know, with the coaching change. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of on the same page there. Also, uh, yeah, so the UCLA quarterback battle is Ethan Garbers, who's definitely more experienced, um, and Dante Moore, who's the young freshman. And, uh, yes, JT Daniels actually started almost half of that season. Uh, He started the first five games. Or, no, 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 I'm sorry. He started the first three games uh, that 2021 season. He actually Mm -hmm. beat Cubs, I mean, he didn't actually do anything, so they scored on a pick six, but he started (laughs) Which is pretty interesting.
1: He still got the dub, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he has more rings than I do. That's so. a very good I'll point. Judge.
1: All right, Colton. I think it's time for a brand new segment.
0: Yeah, so uh, one, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, our conference previews. Um, I hope that we didn't ramble too much. We're kind of new to this. Um, I hope I didn't ramble too much, although I know it was Texas, so I had to get my thoughts. Um, obviously, Colton have a lot more SEC opinions of we'll course, that of one course. Coming up. um but yeah so our new segment is called life advice uh so it's pretty self-explanatory um you know we just want kind of a change of pace and uh
1: you know you even though we're college little
0: kids bit. and uh yeah exactly even though we're college kids and uh maybe don't actually know anything um i'd like to think <laughs> that we can you know kind of help people out so uh will do you want to get us started with the first question
1: For sure. So I would also just like to make a disclaimer real quick. If you, if anyone listening to this has any suggestions or want to submit anything, whether for us to cover on the show or in the life advice segment or just really anything in general, um, please feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram, shoot us a DM or tag us in a post or something you maybe want us to talk about. Or we also have an email at uh, troublewiththesnappod at gmail.com. So those are the, the two best ways of reaching out to us uh, website any...
0: also, which is awesome. We well, do have
1: a website. I said yes. it last
0: episode, but, uh, I mean, I've got to give a ton of props to Will and, uh, you know, I have a I'm very, very grateful. He's been able to handle all the, uh, technology stuff. He's been killing it. So y'all should check out our website, which is linked to our Instagram and our YouTube. Um, yes, they're pretty sweet, but the website is really, really awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, I put my blood, sweat and tears into that. So I hope y'all enjoy it. But any, anyways, um, yes, that is the best way to reach us. Um, we have the link set up in our Instagram bio for our website and for, uh, the, I just lost my train of thought. Excuse me. We have the link in our, in our bio set up for our website and the link to our new episodes. God, that was really hard to say.
0: If, uh, if you guys, like Will was saying, if you guys want to submit anything, obviously there's. Anyways, ways to contact us and uh i mean particularly for the life advice uh we will keep it totally anonymous unless you don't want us to um but obviously we respect people's privacy uh we're just trying to give our thoughts and help people out
1: all right i think it's time we finally dive into this let's do it so the very first ever life advice question for us on the show the question is Do you and I have any advice for college freshmen? Considering that you and I are now, you know, we've had our freshman year. We're, I guess we're te- we're technically upperclassmen now in college, oddly enough. It's terrible. That is crazy. Okay. Uh, Colton, is there any, if you could go back to your, fr- okay. If you had your freshman year self sitting in front of you now, what bits of advice would you give them?
0: I think I would say to just soak it in and, to be pretty open um so i guess kind of new experiences and i think really just taking advantage of every opportunity that you have i know it sounds kind of broad but i think freshman year for a lot of people it's your first time being away from home being independent and i just think if you're able to you know like if you're in the elevator just say hi to someone you know like make as many friends as you can um and just, I think, be very open-minded. I think especially what I've noticed is kind of as you progress in college, um, you know, you kind of have less time to hang out with friends or you kind of develop like more of a group per se. So I just think it's, uh, but you know, it's always nice if you met someone freshman year and it's just nice to, I think, know like as many people as you can, especially if you go to like a really big school and you know, maybe it's nice if you go somewhere and you know of someone almost anywhere you know that you go so i think overall freshman year is just a good time where i think depending on the school but in most cases like you're probably all in the same one or two dorms you're all kind of learning and seeing new things for the first time so overall i think just being open-minded um soaking it all in and uh you know just saying hi to whoever you can and making as many friends as possible is kind of the best way um also study because um, look like obviously you don't do well your freshman year it's harder to get your gpa up and i think you just gotta understand that you know if you work hard you you can play hard i think just finding a good balance is also very key but yeah
1: exactly i uh i'm kind of gonna piggyback of what you just said um obviously when you're a freshman in college it's your first time ever away from home it's your first true taste of freedom etc um So there, of course, are a lot of responsibilities that come with that. You know, you, you know, instead of your mom and dad maybe waking you up for school like what you've been used to for almost your entire life, whatnot. Now you know it's it's on you to do to do that thing. It's on you to, you know, do laundry, get groceries, uh, you know, make sure you get to class on time in the right place, and you know, just all that stuff that you've grown accustomed to doing with others back at home is it's all on you now. Um, so I would say just as you were saying, or what you just said, um, find a balance, find out what works for you, find out, um, you know, just, yeah, just what works best for you. And of course the number one reason, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to, to look past this a lot of times, but the number one reason why you're in college is to go to school and get a degree. So also make sure you're going to class, Um, make sure you're doing your homework. And I know that, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm a freshman and I'm in college now. This is so cool. And there's so many things to do and so on and so forth. Well, yes, that is very true. Academics are still priority. Number one is as much as it pains me to say that considering just, you know, the type of student I've been for the majority of my life. Um, academics are and will be number one throughout the entirety of college. But finally, I'd also just like to say, you know, college of course comes with a lot of ups and downs your freshman year, a lot of highs, lows, a lot of challenges that you've never seen before. So just kind of take it with a grain of salt and just, you know, just realize that uh, it's some t- some days you'll feel like you're on top of the world. Everything's going your way. And, you know, the next day, it'll just kick you right back down to your knees. So just, You know, just pick yourself up, keep going, and everything works out. You'll be good to go.
0: Yeah, also, I like what you said about um, going to class. Um, Because, look, I mean, look, everyone has, you know, like, skipped a couple classes. Of course. Um, But, I don't know. I just, like, I'm not going to be, like, the class police. I mean, look, there's been classes that I've completely skipped, like, if they don't take attendance. But that was in the past. I just... I just, like, I don't think that skipping class is, like, cool. I feel like people might think that. And, like, maybe I thought it was cool to be like, oh, you know, I don't have to go to class, right? But I don't know. I mean, look, like, you're getting an education out of respect for yourself and your professors. Like, you know, like, go to class, take it in, and, you know, like, see your friends around campus, say what's up. And, uh, yeah, also, one thing, I think it's crazy that we used to go to, like, in high school, middle school, like, we would go to school for, like, seven, eight hours a day. I mean.
1: Like, nonstop. Like, yeah. the only break you'd have is lunch and, like, maybe even a little snack break if you were like lucky. like,
0: practice after, before school, and now no. I'll have two classes and just be completely dead.
1: Finish for the day, yeah.
0: It's crazy. But, yeah, I think we hit on some pretty good points. I, think I'll think
1: you I do, too. Add on.
0: Yeah, okay. freshman year, great year, a lot of fun, but, you know. Be smart, be open-minded, be social.
1: Exactly. Yeah, just, ha- just have fun. College, College. you know. Don't get arrested,
0: but have fun. Don't,
1: no. <laughs> don't break the law. Yeah. But, you know, people, majority of people say college is some of the best times of your life. I mean, they're not lying. So just have fun, but just be smart. All right, moving on to was, our, sec- our boy, second.
0: Great question considering the school just started. Wait, what's up? I don't know, I'm just saying like that was like a great submission considering the school
1: oh yes sorry sorry you cut out for a second yes that whoever submitted that thank you for that I appreciate it um, okay going to our second and final submission um, this one says how can you stay busy but happy at the same time which is pretty deep like we're yeah. like we're we're getting in we're, we're getting in there a little bit
0: I mean this is our first segment but I love it.
1: I'm here for it. I appreciate I appreciate the depth of that question. Whoever submitted That's
0: that. Uh, do you want to take this one first, or?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, the first thing that came to mind. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have like some general words of wisdom for this one, but the first thing that just came to my mind was. Going to the gym for some reason. I like it. Um, I would say going to the gym just because you know it keeps you busy it gives you something to do and you're being productive and you know you're moving around a lot if you've been sitting behind a desk all day in class and you finally get to go to the gym for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is or just any type or form of physical activity pretty much um you know it keeps you occupied keeps you doing something and you know in theory at least i I can't speak for everyone but it, it dang sure makes me happy when i'm doing things like that and just makes you feel good
0: Will's was a maniac in the weight room, by the way.
1: Of course, you know I.
0: Mm. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. All I say is, that, like the squat machine starts trembling. Never will. Yeah.
1: In the door. No, I. Uh, yeah, Colton, I squatted like five plates once with uh with no belt on. Like I, I was feeling it that day.
0: That was just like your warm up, probably. From what I know about you in the gym, I mean, that was probably like you know, a light day for you.
1: <laughs> I th- I think that tells you everything I know about the gym when I said five plates. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I
0: mean, you know
1: you know what we'll get back on the grind soon school yeah. school year just started we'll figure something out
0: yeah you yeah. know we're working on it
1: it's a work in progress yeah um so yeah sorry but- i i didn't mean to just steal the spotlight that like spotlight like that from you colton what a uh, what would you think what do you, or what do you think about that
0: uh no look i mean like um I try and stay on a pretty strict kind of you know workout regimen, and I just think it's a really good kind of stress you know like reliever. Um, if you're having like a bad day, if you have a big test, at least for me, it's 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 hard for me to do work if I don't like get some sort of like exercise uh, beforehand. That's just kind of me personally. Um, I think just being active is good, but uh, it's kind of a general question, just kind of you know how to be happy and busy. It might sound cliche, but I just think that doing something you know, that you love keeping yourself busy with things that you're passionate about is kind of the best way. I think that's kind of everyone's dream is to get to do something all the time that they love. So, I mean, I think the hardest thing is probably finding your passion, um, and finding ways to, I guess, kind of build your life around it. Um, but I mean, it sounds kind of simple, but I think if you're able to keep yourself busy with things that you like, then you can be happy and busy at the same time. I mean, Will and I have been on this call for about two hours. Um, so we're busy, but we really like, you know, what we're doing. So yeah, yeah I think overall, just kind of finding your passion and uh, finding a way to do it as much as you can.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Do you have uh, anything else to add before we reach the uh, conclusion of our episode?
0: Uh, I think that was great. Those were two great submissions. Uh, please send in more. Uh, we yes, were, were please. excited about this addition uh, to the show we hope that you, know, you guys will enjoy it. But uh, yeah, that's kind of all we have for uh, you know our life advice.
1: Also, um, if you have an idea, not just an idea for the life advice segment, but if you have an idea for maybe a new segment in general, uh, Colton and I are definitely all ears. We're taking suggestions on pretty much anything and everything you can think of. So if you have an idea while listening to the show or just whatever you may be doing, please let us know. We're, we're here for you.
0: Yeah, we had mentioned it in the first episode, um, but we're going to try and do some segments, such as maybe our favorite college football uniforms combinations, maybe best fight song stadiums. So we have a lot of things planned. But um, please feel free to throw out any suggestions that you have, and we're more than welcome to take them into account. We'll probably use them, yes, unless they're terrible, which they won't be. <laughs>
1: All right, Colton. Well, I think that will just about do it for our second episode. Um, obviously, you know, it was a pretty big, it was our first big boy episode feels like, you know, we covered three conferences and obviously we uh, got deep there a little bit towards the end, which I'm totally cool with. Oh, yeah. um, so looking ahead to our next episode, um, I know that you and I have um, not necessarily, kept the initial schedule we discussed, but to be fair, we did just start class. We're trying to figure out the number one priority in our life right now. Um, so once everything kind of, you know, once we get in a bit of a system, a bit of a rhythm, then I, I, I think that sticking to that initial schedule that we discussed earlier, should be no problem. Um, but anyways, looking ahead to our next episode, we will be discussing and previewing The SEC and the Big Ten, as well as hopefully maybe another piece of a life segment. If not, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, we get another submission by then. Uh,
0: We'll also look into a couple of the group of five contenders, and uh, we're going to look into a few of the Week Zero games. Like we mentioned, there's not many great ones, but still got to preview all the games.
1: College football is college football.
0: Oh, yeah. All
1: right. Well, that'll just about do it. For Trouble with the Snap, I'm Will.
0: And I'm Colton. Thank you guys so much. We cannot wait to hear what you guys think and excited for some new submissions.
1: Of course. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed, and we will see you in the next one.
0: Thank you all.